Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. About the future innovations and growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and we got a really cool show for you guys today. Take a little bit of a break from talking about relationships and business and kind of uh, shift a little bit and talk a little bit about these new home DNA tests and how they can sometimes reveal some major genetic surprises and you know as you guys know you listen to the show all the time and we talk about technology and that you know the technology revolution the future is right now uh, you know science and modern technology is just moving at breakneck speeds and science is uncovering you know life-altering secrets and uh, in some cases when you talk about DNA tests it could uh, you know throw some families into tur- uh, turmoil I know that uh, some recent stuff in the news about a fertility doctor who found out that they had like 17 unknown children because because of some uh, uh, sperm he donated back in the late 80s. And so uh, there's there's definitely some kind of different things that are happening as it relates to science, technology, and where some of those things are going. And, you know, companies like 23andMe and Ancestry.com and their home DNA tests, it's like you can, you can have them send you a kit, uh, do a little swab, send it back, and then find out what your ethnicity is or uh, uh, those types of things, which is kind of cool. But I'm sure that in some cases it can backfire and we're going to talk about that today uh, with our our guest today, Kevin Miller, who is a web developer based out of Los Angeles, who woke up one morning to learn that the name he's used all his life was not even his own name. And he wrote a book about that. So we're going to bring Kevin on. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. How you doing? Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. You know, first of all, I want to thank you for your service in the United States Air Force. That's awesome. I'm a Navy guy myself, so we got to make sure that uh, us brats stick together. And, uh, right you know, congrats on, on, on that service. We really appreciate what you did for us there. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate your service as well, Ryan. So, Kevin, um, let's just kind of start from the beginning. I mean, I know sure. you have a pretty interesting story. You've yeah. been a web developer. You were in the Air Force. And, you know, obviously you, you wrote this book so you could, you know, kind of tell a story that was uh, that was lost. But before we get into, you know, the, mm-hmm. the whole story around that, like, who is Kevin Miller? Like, you know, wh- where did you find your frequency in life and in business? And, you know, A, what made you decide to go down the road of web development and ultimately to write this book? Well, you know what? Um, I've been uh, I've been a lot of things. You know, I got out of the military with an electronics uh, degree, and I, I went to work for Motorola for a few years there. And and then uh, early on, when the web started coming into play and stuff, I you know, I was, we we're playing around, we we're converting some stuff at Motorola, and I thought, you know, this is some cool stuff because I kind of got a little bit of an artsy side with me too. And and I said, I'm going to go into. I just changed careers. Decided just drop the electronics, change careers, go into web development. Never regretted it. Um, you know, worked for the city of Peoria there in Arizona for 14 years as their web developer, and and did a lot of technical writing and stuff with you know, along with that. And then uh, then I actually retired early. My wife's a retired uh, Arizona State trooper, 
And uh, we, we moved to Southern California because our two young daughters wanted to pursue acting careers. So they're actually acting here in, uh, in LA and doing commercials, TV, some movies and stuff. So we're here for that. And then uh, what, uh, what really woke me up one day, like you said, is just waking up and, and finding that my real name wasn't the, you know, the All-American Miller, but it's actually the very Polish Puchalski. And, um, you know, I'd like to share that story with you, how that uh, came about. Yeah, and you and you kind of catalog that all uh, in a in a book. Is the book out already, or is it getting ready to come out? No, the book is out. The book is available on Amazon. I've also created a website. That's heartofsteelbook.com. Awesome, yeah, Heart of Steel. Love yeah. the love the title. I mean, yeah, you know what? It's uh, it's it's about my grandfather, and he was he was a a very unusual man. Um, and I just ha- I had to write this story about him. I, I did. Um. And he, he definitely had a heart of steel, you know, and um, it just uh, came to me one day. Uh, I got a call from a, from an uncle of mine, my dad's younger brother, and he, he's, he's like, um, our last name's not Miller. And we're like, what? He, he was attending a funeral, and, and a cousins came, our, one of our cousins came up to him and handed him a stack of old newspapers that uh, chronicled a scandal, you know, a murder that happened in 1920. And my dad didn't even know his last name wasn't Miller. My grandfather changed our name from Puhalski to Miller. And, and it took me some research and some time to figure out why. He took that to his grave. You know, he didn't, he didn't share that. I mean, they, he swore a, a, a vow of secrecy, him and his siblings, that they would never tell the children, the grandchildren. And, you know, come to find out it was really to protect our family, you know, from the scandal and, and such. But um, but it sent me on a journey, on a search, you know, to figure out why. Why did my grandpa do this? You know, what's the story? Because I knew my grandpa well. I was close to him, but there's a side to him that I, I didn't know. And um, we learned from these newspaper articles that there was a that my great grandfather uh, George Puhalski, who was a kind of a good old boy in Southington, Ohio, a rich, very rich farmer, liked to drink whiskey. Um, like to beat my great grandmother. She lost uh, six uh, babies, miscarriages due to his cruelty and his beating. When he drunk, he would beat his 15-year-old daughter, my great aunt uh, Sophie. And uh, one night in his sleep, um, somebody murdered him. You know, he was shot in his bed in his sleep on his farmhouse. And my grandfather, who was 12 years old was sent by my great-grandmother who was tied and bound. Um, she said that some men broke in, stole $500, tied her up, threatened her, murdered my great-grandfather. So my grandfather ran to the sheriff to get the sheriff um, involved. And then it just kind of, the story kind of breaks down because the newspaper articles chronicle, it just chronicled the whole story for about a week or so. It kind of breaks down and, and you know, we learn the truth behind the tragedy that this truth sends my grand- grandmother to prison. My grandfather and his four siblings find themselves all alone, you know, and, and on their own and in an orphanage in 1920 in Warren, Ohio, which probably not, not the best place to be. So he decided, um, he decided at 12 years old he, that he's going to run away. He goes, I'm going to run away. Um, they made a plan, you know, to save enough money and he was going to come back and steal his siblings away from that orphanage and take care of them. And uh, he goes on to do that, and it's all in the book there. He, he goes on to do that and, and, take, and takes care of his family. And, and it was one of those things where I'm, while I'm writing this book, I'm, I'm just 
putting myself in my grandfather's head and in his life, you know, thir- I'm almost 13 years old. My father's been murdered. My, my grandmother's in prison. My siblings and I are in an orphanage and, and he run and him, he runs away. He catches a train and he, and he actually rides that train to Chicago, Illinois, and he gets a job in a steel mill as a bar catcher. Um, they catch the metal and stuff, and uh, he lied about his age, I believe. Um, and then he also gets involved with some bootlegging. That you know, he had a he had a couple that kind of took him in, and 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 he he managed to save enough money and, and make his way back. But I just it was really interesting writing that story because I'm just I'm in his head, I'm in his life, and I just kind of felt like I became my grandfather. I was trying to channel my grandfather because he would never talk about this, and he would he was alive, he would never never tell me the story. So I had to piece a lot of facts together. Um, you know, we, we used Ancestry.com to go up and, and search that because it, it wouldn't take us past the name Miller, past my grandfather, and we couldn't figure out why until we found the newspaper articles. And then once we had the name Pohalski, we were able to then trace his line a little bit more. And I, I did 23andMe as well just to see because he said he was German and he was actually bullish. And my, my DNA turned up to be 39% bullish. Um, so we used a lot of that stuff as well. Wow, that's interesting, man. What a what a just a, a complete twist of fate. And so, do you yeah. do you think that the reason why um, you got like your, the name got changed was just to disassociate from the 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 whiskey drinking beaten great grandfather? Oh, oh yeah, no, I, I'm sure my grandfather did this to protect their family. You know, you kind of yeah. in those days, especially you protect the family name. He, I'm sure he was, uh, you know, he didn't want people judging my great grandmother. You know, she was, she did what she did. Um, she probably because she felt she was protecting her family and her daughter and herself, and 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 you know, he was protecting her and the family name. I think so. That's why he changed it. He changed it to a name Miller, which is a pretty common name. Um, so that that's that's why I'm real sure that's why he did that, and, and just looking out for his family and the, and the generations to come, so that that scandal wouldn't follow us down the line, you know, so to speak. So did did he go? Did he make it back to the orphanage to go and and get the rest of the family out of there? And, he did. and that's yeah, awesome. He, he does. He does. He gets them out. He gets them out. And he takes care of them. Now, my great grandmother. Um, she actually served about three years in prison and she did get back out and she did take care of the little ones. And then, then my grandfather, you know, he moves on with his life. He goes back to Canton, Ohio, still has some of those seedy connections. He was never a gangster or anything, but he, he knew a lot of them and he did some work for a lot of them. And, and he he was a floor tile layer stuff, had these huge forearms, um, tough, tough old guy. <laughs> But uh, he meets he meets my grandmother in Canton, Ohio. My grandma Emma May Flag, who's a feisty Irish woman. Oh my gosh, she was five foot two and just full of spit and vinegar, you know. <laughs> and uh, just and, and she she really kind of changed it because my grandfather started to kind of go down that road like his dad, you know, where he was you know starting to drink the whiskey and getting in fights and and stuff and my grandmother kind of pulled him out she kind of saved him you know she pulled him out of that and, and helped you know because all this I mean just imagine all this trauma from your childhood man and you're holding all that in you can't tell anybody and uh, it, it had an effect on him you know but it, uh, it she pulled him out of that would, it, you know? that would that would surely cause me to drink whiskey Kevin oh my god man I'm thinking about that <laughs> I know? mean who, who, how could you not, you know, knowing that? Because on his deathbed, my uncle Rick, who who had the uh, found the articles, asked him, he says, Pops, he goes, tell me about your life. 
And he, he just looked at him, he just kind of raised a finger and he said, don't ever ask me about my life. And that's all he would say. And then, you know, he passed shortly after that. Wow, so what, he, a, what a strong-willed individual, man, to just be able yeah, to keep yeah, that oh under wraps and not even like, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I can live my entire life and it's it's very easy for me to like, let's say, keep a secret from, you know, like a friend of mine or something like right. that. But to keep a secret um, like from my wife or, you know, my, my family, you know, that that really right. takes some serious gumption. Yeah, yeah, and he was man. He he was he was genuinely the patriarch of our family because I remember his younger brother, uh, my great uncle Frank. You know, when my granddad passed away, he made a statement. He goes, you know, he goes with, with Stanley. His name was Stanley, my grandfather. He goes with Stanley gone. He goes, I just he goes, I just don't want to live anymore. You know, that's how much they loved him and and they depended on him and they and everybody went to him for everything. You know, he was just like the the rock of this family. You know. And I, so it just me, it was like, it, I just, I, I have to write this story. I'm sorry, Grandpa. You know, I, I don't know if you're going to be mad at me for, for revealing this, but it's a truth. I feel it and a story that needs to be told because, you know, I, I get a lot of feedback from the book and, and people say they love the story. They cried. They laughed. They felt the pain. They were angry, you know, and, and as a writer, you know, that, that's just, that's so rewarding to me because it's like, I, when I touched, I touched somebody's heart. I touched somebody's spirit with this story, you know, and it makes me feel good. And I feel good sharing the story. And I hope that it, you know, has an effect on people for them to see that, you know, even in the darkest times, man, you don't, you don't quit, you don't give up and you just keep pushing forward. And, you know, it's kind of an inspirational story I felt as well. So. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you. I mean, just the, the simple fact of, you know, getting on going to uh, Chicago and working a job and doing whatever you can and you know having that and having that uh, intestinal fortitude we talk about that a lot on the radio show you know stepping out of your comfort zone and 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 for him to do that and step out of his comfort zone and have to go make the money and then come back and and then get the family out of the orphanage I mean that that in and of itself is uh, just an amazing story of 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 hope yeah yeah, and it's just I was just so amazed by the strength that he had. I mean, as I'm writing the book, I'm trying to be him, you know, and I'm I'm just thinking, gosh, man, could I be this strong? You know, could I have this much will? Could I, you know, it just it was it was it had a humbling effect on me. You know, it had a real humbling effect. We I took a trip back to Warren, Ohio, um, a few weeks ago because I, I just wanted to see some of these places again. I went to. The place where the orphanage was and, and the, the Trumbull County Hospital stand now. I think the orphanage was in that parking lot of that area. You know, I, I went to the grave site, St. Mary's uh, Cemetery in Warren, where George, my great grandfather, was buried. You know, we searched for his grave there. It, you know, took some video documentation and stuff for the website and just trying to trying to do a lot of uh, background information, additional information, because a, a few of my readers that read the book, they're like, oh, I didn't, I just wanted more, you know, I want to know more, you know, so I'm trying to provide more on the website, you know, heartofsteelbook.com. It's got like a lot of the background and uh, more information and video, created a trailer for the book, you know, just to keep feeding people, you know, uh, fans of the book that, that just wanted to know more about the family and about the story. Yeah, and I, I definitely know where you're coming from when you talk about having somebody that's like the patriarch of your family. My mom, yeah. my mom is that for our family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's the oldest of 10 kids. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so and and the age gap between like my mom and the youngest kid uh, yeah. is is exponential, uh, you know, wow. and so yeah, I, it's one of those things, and and some of those. I don't know, man. They they don't they don't yeah. make they don't make human beings like they used to, do they, Kevin? I don't think so, Ryan. I don't. And 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 you know, it's it's and with your mom. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of stories. You know, there's a lot of strong mothers out there the same way. You know that and and yeah, she. You know, a matriarch of the family. You know, there's always seems to be somebody in a family that's strong like that. And and you're right. It's like where are those people now? We need those people. You know. In, in, these yeah, days. I think about that sometimes. I mean, I, I'm a pretty strong guy. I mean, you know, I was in the Navy. I've made my own way yeah. for myself. You know, right. um, I did something similar like your grandpa did. I lied about my age when I was 14 years old because yeah. my, my family, we didn't have any money. My mom was a my mom was single. My father, uh, my father had just passed away from cancer. And, you oh know, we, we were broke. You know, yeah. and I'm like, all right, well, this isn't going to work for me. So I lied about my age. It's funny. I used to be able to go to like, you know, to checks cashing places. Yeah. 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 So I went down to the checks cashing place and told them I was 16 years old and they gave me an ID so I could cash my checks. And I went and got oh, a job okay. at like Arby's. I think, yeah, I think yeah. Arby's was the first job that I had just because I, knew, I needed awesome, work. Man. But that, that's awesome. But I think I, you'd enjoy the story, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, it, this is something you, you would relate to. Yeah. I still think even though that I, I did that stuff on my own, I still don't think that I have. I still don't think I have I have it like my mom or like my grandfather, yeah. you know, like where I'm still not as tough as they are. <laughs> right. No, I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather, I mean, he later in the years, he was kind of a, you know, a force in the union. He was kind of a union muscle guy, you know, back in the 30s and stuff. Because this, this story takes place in the 1920s. I mean, it, September 13th, 1920 is the night of the murder. And it was interesting because I was back in Ohio at, on that same date. Now, I interviewed with the met with the newspaper um that uh originally published the article a, a wonderful uh author named burton cole back uh there for the warren chronicle for the chronicle tribune we call it now but uh, he, he did a follow-up story and i thanked him and said you know i feel like the story's come full circle now from uh when it was first uh printed in 1920 yeah, and what an interesting time too, and in just in in the history of America at that time in the twenties with, oh yeah, you know, the Roaring Twenties and gangsters and prohibition yeah. and you know right. yeah, it was probably a wild time. It was a crazy time, <laughs> yeah. Ryan. I'll tell you, you know, we talk about the sixties and stuff, but when you when you start when I started doing research on the twenties, man, it it was a great time. <laughs> it was a wild time, and and a, you know, and these you know young people, you know, they were rebelling and, and finding yeah. themselves and i mean there was a lot going on in the 20s well in the 20s was kind of like the the last hurrah before the huge great depression you yeah. know right right before everything the further the bottom fell out of the economy exactly yeah yeah well kevin let me ask you a question how did sure. uh you know i i kind of kicked off the beginning of the interview talking about home yeah. dna tests and all that kind of stuff oh, yeah. how did mm-hmm. um how did home dna tests play into this story well, like I said, the home DNA test, um, I decided after, you know, we figured out what our heritage and stuff was, I wanted to know, I want to know, okay, you know, how, how, you know, how much of my, you know, DNA is Polish, you know? So, and, and not only that, when I got the, the results back, it also led me to the origin of where, you know, my grandparent, my great grandparents were born and where they immigrated from. My great grandparents immigrated from Poland and in a city uh, it's called uh, 
Radzitow. I'm probably saying that wrong. R-A-D-Z-I-T-O-W. Radzitow, Poland is where um, they were born and they originated from. So the DNA helps a lot because it helped me trace back, you know, my Polish ancestors to see where they came from. Do you have and, uh, Do you have late night hankering for pierogies? Ah, yeah, you know, I, I did exactly, man. I did a lot of research on, on Polish food and different things and, and just the, just the, uh, you know, their culture and stuff. But yeah, no, I, I, I love Polish food, man. I love. Yeah. I have a couple of friends of mine that uh, they from Chicago, they came and moved here to yeah. Phoenix and opened up a bar and uh, it was a Polish bar. And I, I, I knew a little bit about Polish food, but not really a whole lot, but, you know, making friends with those guys. And I got immersed in this whole world of Polish yeah. food. And some of that food is just some of the best food I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's good stuff, man. That's that's for sure. So what are, what are your thoughts on home DNA testing? Like, do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing? Well, you know, like it's a that's a double edged sword, Ryan. It really is because, <laughs> you know. On my end, it was a good thing because it, it told me a lot of the stuff I needed to do. But, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of stories and I talk to a lot of people that find out that, you know, their dad isn't their real dad, you know, or, you know, their siblings are not really, you know. And so I'm kind of conflicted. Is it, you know, is that I guess it's an individual choice. You know, do I want to know this, you know, and, and for people who take it not knowing, not not really being aware that they might find out, you know, some secrets they don't want to know. You know, I, you kind of got to have some caution there, you know, but if you're, if you're not afraid, you know, to learn the truth and, and I think most people would want to know the, the truth about their, their heritage and their roots. I say, go for it, you know, but, but you might have some surprises in there. So, you know, you kind of got to be ready for that. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, th I think that when you make any kind of decision in life, like, you yeah. know, one one person should always weigh the pros and cons of those decisions. Yeah. So that way, you know, at least what you're getting yourself into. So it's not, you know, so if something does go in a negative fashion. You're not so yeah. overtly surprised that it, you know, rocks you to your core or something. Right. I agree, man. I agree. So, yeah, you kind of go in just kind of knowing that you might find some stuff out that's, you know, you didn't expect. Yeah. And, I and you will. You will. And and so I can, I, I can only speak to my own experience, but you know, uh, I had told you earlier that my father had passed away from cancer, but my father who passed away from cancer was not my real father. Uh, my, my mother had a, a, a very short relationship with a gentleman after, after being told, you know, back in the seventies, late seventies that, uh, my mom wasn't able to have children. And so oh, it wasn't yeah. one of those things where she was, you know, worried about, you know, um, having a baby because the doctor had told her she wasn't ever going to have a baby. She had had, uh, yeah. and uh, a miscarriage with her previous marriage and, you know, which and ultimately led to her getting divorced. They had some, some issues around, you know, the husband was mad because the, my mom couldn't have babies. And so, uh, which, which led to him drinking a lot of whiskey and beating my mom. And, you know, they, oh, they, they ended up, you know, getting split. And then my mom had this short relationship with the guy and boom, then I, she was pregnant out of the blue and mom had no idea what was going on. And so I, I, to this day still don't know who my father is. I have a, I know his name and that is all, I don't even know what state he's from. I don't know anything about him. And so I've been yeah. contemplating the, you know, the, uh, the home DNA testing just because like, I know my mom's side of the family. I have genealogy mm -hmm. for that that family they're they're welsh it goes back to like the 1100s you know so yeah. those ones you you know that side but there is there's a whole side of me that yeah. i don't necessarily know who it was and i've been hesitant like do i really want to know is it really that important those are you know yeah. some of those things that kind of go through my head right right yeah are you going to do it i think i am 
yeah. I think I am yeah. going to do it. I mean, I have nothing to lose. You know, I, I, yeah. I have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful family, a great career, you know, and, you know, finding out that maybe half of me is French or or maybe, I'm, you know, all English or I don't know, maybe I'm Polish, too. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think right. that would be interesting kind of stuff to know. There's one thing I do know, Kevin. I am I'm American. Right. Right. Exactly. You, you were all Americans. Exactly. Great. The great uh, melting pot. As they say, very cliche, but it's true, you know. So, and, and I think you should go for it, right? I think you should go for it and see, because there's other things to the DNA brings too, because it, it'll also identify, you know, tendencies for, you know, disease and stuff, you know, things you might want to pass down to your own kids and say, hey, you know, we have this genetic um, tendency for this particular disease or whatever. I mean, yeah. there's other benefits to it as well. Well, and that was that was one of those things too, Kevin. I was like, yeah. I, I work in media. I mean, I, I, I co-produce a show for that uh, with one of the uh, nation's leading private investigators. I've talked to her oh. about this and she's like, if you want to find your dad, just tell me I'll find him. She's like, that's what I do. Oh, I cool. find people. And yeah. through this whole time, I've just, and I finally made a decision that no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't need him to know about me. I don't really need yeah. to meet him or know what's going on with him. And, you know, I just kind of made that decision, but at least knowing that was the part where I kind of got, you know, skewed because I'm like, well, maybe I do want to go after that so I can find out from him, like their side of the, you know, the, the family history as it relates to medical stuff and see if there's anything that I need to know. Right. But then after right. reading some of these articles about the DNA and genes and knowing that you can find out some of that information yeah. without actually meeting the other person that right. made me feel better. And I don't know why I don't know why I don't feel the need for it. It just doesn't sit with me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, you don't I mean, a biological parent doesn't necessarily be I mean, the, it's the person that raised you. Right. That, that's yeah. the parent. You know, I have stepchildren that I don't call stepchildren. They're my children, you know, the same as, as my, my other children. And, um, you know, so that's, I mean, I respect that, that you feel that way and then you don't have the, the need to, you know, seek, seek your dad out, your, your father out, your biological father. Yeah. I kind of feel like I have the, I have a really good relationship with my wife's father. Yeah. And, you know, and my, 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 my father, Jim, he passed away and then right. you know, I've been such good friends with her dad. I'm like, I don't need a dad. I got one, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. It'd probably be awkward anyway, you know, because you don't have a history together, you know. Yeah, and what if you find him and he's like a 17-time felon, you know, big right. big jerk, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And then <laughs> and then now now I'm now expo now I'm I feel like if, if if that was the case and you like open up your family to some possible right. dangers, right? Now he knows he's got a a, a me, a, my wife, my child, you know, like those types of things right. and you don't know yeah. what you're getting into. And I feel like as a parent and I know you can respect this, it's my job to protect them. Yeah, exactly. Maybe keep that door closed and yeah. locked. Just whatever's in there can stay in there. Right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so, Kevin, as you as you kind of sit back and reflect on the book that you've written and the different right. things that you're doing with the website, the trailers, and, you know, kind of creating content to further yeah. solidify the book, what where do you go from here? What's what's next in this saga? Well, what I'm what I'm doing now is that what's next in the saga. I'm working on an audio book to get it out as an audio book. And I'm all, I'd also like to pitch it, you know, as a, an option for a movie. I think it would make a great movie. I mean, not every book would be a good movie, but the story. And, and I know I'm close to it, and I'm probably a little biased, but I think it would make an awesome film, you know. So being here in, in the Hollywood area, my daughter's acting and stuff. I got a few, 
you know, a few contacts, a few people I know here, and just, you know, trying to ask around and saying, how, how do I pitch this story? You know, maybe I need to convert it to a, a screenplay and pitch the screenplay. I know, I can just see Leonardo DiCaprio in a zoot yeah. suit, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be great. Gosh, I'd love to have Leonardo DiCaprio as, the, as uh, you know, Stanley or George or somebody, you know, in the movie. He probably had to play George because he's, George was a little bit older. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's where I'm kind of headed with that. Um, I got a lot of you know requests for a sequel. You know, when are you going to write the next book? You know, and I'm like, oh well, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about that. You know, of moving moving it on. You know, uh, later into the 30s and 40s maybe. But uh, we'll have to see on that. Right now, I'm trying to focus on the book and, and getting it out there to people, getting and promoting it, promoting the website, and hopefully turning this thing into a movie. Yeah, audio book for sure. I might even create a podcast for the book as well. Well, when you're ready to do that, you let me know. I can I can help yeah. you with that one all day long. Uh, we uh, we we produce like 400 hours of podcast a week here at really? Voice America. So nice. any any help you need in that respect, let me know. We got your back. And I appreciate that, Ryan. I really do. You know, Kevin, I, I want to thank you for taking time out and having a nice yeah. candid conversation with me. I think the listeners will absolutely enjoy what we spoke about, and you know, we kind of just we're open about who we are, what we feel. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like that aspect of it. And so I feel like, I feel like we found our frequency today. Yeah, I do too, man. I do definitely connection there, Ryan. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I really enjoyed this, uh, this chat with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you being on as well. And I want to urge the listeners to go check out the website, heartofsteelbook.com. And then, of course, you can get the book, Heart of Steel, on Amazon or where other books are sold. And then look out for some of these future things that Kevin has with the with the audio book and some of those pieces of content. So we'll be uh, keeping in touch with Kevin so we can uh, talk a little bit more about the story as it develops and he gets a little further down his road. Thanks, Kevin. All right, man. Thanks, brother. Talk to you. Talk to you soon. We appreciate it. You guys, thank you for tuning in and finding your frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure. If you're listening on your favorite pod service, make sure you like and share it around to your social media. Give us five stars because that's way better than four. Uh, And of course, uh, make sure you go to the website, findingyourfrequency.net and stay tuned for more fantastic episodes with Finding Your Frequency right here on voiceamerica.com.